This is HPR episode 1972 entitled, How I Got Into Linux, and is part of the series, How I Found Linux. It is hosted by first time host M1RR05H4D35, and is about 20 minutes long. The summary is, my first podcast, me rambling about how I got into Linux. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. here today we're going to talk a little bit about how I got into Linux my first experience with Linux was seeing it running on my friend's computer Um, I had just gotten uh, my first new computer I was about 20 21 at the time Um, so I should probably mention that I'm 38 now and I grew up in the 1980s and computers were very expensive back then, they cost as much as a car and we, could, we never could afford one so the computers that I had growing up were old kind of junky hand-me-down things and uh, so I was pretty excited. It was my, my first new computer and I fell into a, you know with a group of, of a couple of friends that were really into computers. I learned a lot from them. Um, one of them was a good friend of mine that we went to high school together and uh, he had gotten Red Hat running on his on his computer and I went over to his house one day just to see if he wanted to go out and grab some lunch and uh, he's like yeah let me just finish this thing I'm working on and that's when I saw his screen and he was running Enlightenment E16 and at the time I was running Windows 98 um, so if you want to know how much of a, a, of a wow factor that was just go to Google Images and look up Enlightenment E16 and compare the screenshots of that to Windows 98. <laughs> it's it's pretty sad, but um, back then we were all on dial-up, so downloading ISOs wasn't really feasible. It wasn't practical, so most of us just went out and got the little box set, and I can't remember. It came with like four or six CDs, and. Um, it came with a big, thick, like dead tree manual that didn't wasn't very helpful, <laughs> really. But uh, uh, after seeing my friend's computer, a couple of days later, he he posted some screenshots online of, of his desktop, and um, he was also for, he would switch back and forth from Enlightenment to Black Box, and some of the screenshots just blew me away, and. He pretty much had all the software he needed to do what he wanted. He actually um, just completely abandoned Windows and went fully to Linux. And so I, my first personal experience was uh, 
I traded some stuff to a friend of mine for an old computer that he didn't want anymore, and then I got one of my friends to come over and install Red Hat for me. So I'm going to take a moment here just to, just as an aside for, for you younger guys and gals and anybody who's new to Linux that may not know. Um, so nowadays you have Fedora and you have Red Hat Enterprise Linux, but back then there was just Red Hat Linux, and that was it. And like I said, we a couple of us had the, the box sets, the actual CDs. So I had him come over and install it on on this old computer, and it ran okay. But I didn't have any real documentation. I didn't have any experience with Linux, so I tinkered around with it a little while, but I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. And um, at that time, I'd just taken a job doing tech support for Hewlett Packard their pavilion line of computers and before they let you out on the floor there was like a two week training period that uh, did a lot to fill some of my uh, gaps in my knowledge that I had so uh, someone gave me a Linux Mandrake CD so again for you younger people or new to Linux um, probably never heard of Linux Mandrake. Linux Mandrake was kind of like the Ubuntu of its day back then except it was based on Red Hat but it had a nice slick uh, graphical installer, a lot of little GUI apps that they wrote just for Mandrake to make things easier to configure and get running. And um, so between that, the training I received and then this, somebody giving me the CD, I got uh, Linux Mandrake running on my computer. And I started to really learn Linux from that. And uh, that and man pages, I read a lot of man pages back then uh, because, again, I didn't have any other real documentation. I had a couple of, um, at some point, and you, you won't see this probably ever again, but I, I was at a Walmart and they actually had a Linux Mandrake box set and it was only like 15 bucks and I bought it and it came with a couple of manuals so I did get those. But most of the time they would refer to the man pages or something. So... Um, I started really uh, using Linux almost, at some point, almost exclusively. The only reason I kept my Windows partition around for was to play a few video games that I had. And um, at some point, my friends began to become unhappy with Red Hat. And they, they discovered Debian and apt was such a, a game changer in the Linux world and they they just jumped ship and went to Debian and you know lived happily ever after I guess I don't know um, some of these guys I haven't seen in a lot of years but um, they they went to Debian and um, so I should probably mention and this is a difference in the way we I guess view computers nowadays but when I was running Linux Mandrake while it was a great system it always felt like I was running like Linux with training wheels you know it wasn't like I was really learning Linux or understanding how it worked under the hood which is kind of a trap a lot I think you know there's been a lot of people complaining about um, Ubuntu because a lot of the attitude nowadays is people just really don't care how it runs under the hood they just want it to do XYZ and you know make it do this make it do that I don't care how it works uh, and back then it you know, it was it was just I guess different, a different time. But uh, I I was 
getting to the point where I, I knew my way around Linux and I felt strong enough in my skills that I like I, I don't need to stay with Linux Mandrake anymore and my hardware was starting to show its age and the subsequent versions of, of Linux Mandrake that was coming out did feel a little... they didn't offer any real new features um, my first version I started with, which I can't remember, I think it was something like Mandrake, Linux Mandrake 7, uh, was plenty stable. I didn't notice any real terrible bugs in it. Uh, all my hardware worked under just fine, but, um, but each subsequent version that came out of Linux Mandrake seemed to get a little more bloated, uh, and it ran just a little bit slower and a little bit slower. And that always, that irked me a little bit. But, um, of course, not that I really had room to, to be upset by that. My hardware at that point was probably four or five years old. But um, I, uh, I thought, well, it's about time for me to, to move on because, I, like I said, I, I learned my way around. I didn't feel like I needed the training wheels anymore. And um, so back then there was a couple of websites. I think DistroWatch was was around by then. This was probably about 2002 or three, maybe 2003. And uh, there's another website which I believe was LinuxISO.com, and I don't think they're around anymore. But um, I went looking and doing research, trying to find a, a new distro to use, and I came across this. Uh, distribution called Icepack Linux, which was it, it was from Germany. It was completely independent; wasn't based on anything. It was really nice. It was stable. It had a graphical installer. It wasn't quite as uh, flashy as Mandrakes, but um, it had uh, plenty of software with it. It was just really nice. I really liked it. Um, installed it. Everything worked out of the box. I was like, this is awesome. I think by default it used Window Maker. Um, and it stayed on my machine for about a week until the project uh, announced that they were gone. They died. They, whatever. Uh, didn't exist anymore. So I <laughs> went back to the drawing board and uh, did more research, looked at a bunch more distributions, trying to find one that I liked. And that's when I came across Slackware. And um, I, in my reading about Slackware, there was a lot of people saying it's, you know, there was a lot of people with good and bad things to say about Slackware. You know, a lot of the, the, the bad was just stuff like, oh, it's hard to use, or there's no hand-holding, there's no, you know, easy way to do stuff, which was fine. I wanted to try to really get my hands dirty so to speak with Linux I didn't want a, something that held your hand and, and showed you how to do showed you how to do basically nothing just you know click here and click here and everything was configured I didn't want that and um, Slackware was there were some things about it that really made me like the sound of it it was the oldest surviving Linux distribution um, a lot of the people were saying it was really fast it was really stable very full featured once you got it installed and configured um, most of the complaints I saw back then were about the installer because it wasn't a graphical installer um, and a lot of people were saying it was hard to figure out or hard to to use they couldn't figure the installer out so they gave up on it 
and I thought, well, I'll download the ISOs and give it a try, and if it if it frustrates me too much, I'll just move on to something else. So, um, downloaded them, booted it up, and I didn't find it particularly hard. I mean, it wasn't graphical, but if you just read the the text on your screen and followed the directions, you shouldn't have any problem installing it. And I, and that's that's what I told people, anybody who bothered to ask me. Uh, not that there's a great deal of people walking around here that are Linux users in this part of the world. But um, I used Slackware for, I don't know, quite a few years. It was, um, it served me well. Um, you know, a lot of people mention things like package management usually when they hear Slackware mentioned. But uh, back then my needs weren't really... I didn't need a whole lot of stuff on my computer and pretty much everything Slackware came with uh, it covered everything I needed uh, so package management really wasn't a huge issue for me especially for a few years there especially around um, between like 2004 late 2004 through about jeez uh, 2007 maybe um I just didn't have internet access, so <laughs> package management really wasn't an issue for those few years. Um, but I, I'd been reading um, in some magazines and stuff, and and I'd heard about Ubuntu coming out. And so when I finally did get internet access again, one of the first things I did, of course, was jump online, uh, went to DistroWatch, and checked out a couple of, of uh, new distributions. Uh, one of which was Ubuntu, and the first time I tried it, I really didn't like it. Um, granted, my hardware was old, um, but it did feel kind of, coming from Slackware, it felt really kind of slow and bloated. Um, so it, it wasn't for me. I, I'm not trying to say it's, it's horrible or anything. If you use Ubuntu, if you like Ubuntu, that's fine. Uh, not my cup of tea. Um, I did uh, try Linux Mint as well. Um, before it got super duper popular uh, and I thought it was okay which was really weird because it's basically the same thing but for some reason uh, I had issues even Ubuntu didn't want to install the installer would fail but Linux Mint would would install just fine for some reason on the hardware I had at the time and it, it ran really well it was it was really slick I thought you know if I had a newer computer this would be great but um, I didn't a lot of even today a lot of the I have a lot of computers and they're all very old I have I do have a newer computer now um, a couple of newer computers but uh, by and large I've probably got 10 or 12 computers here most of them are old some of them are very very old and so Slackware often still fills the bill uh, there's some things about Slackware that I like I like how vanilla it is uh, you can pretty much do what you want with it. It's not pre-configured, which, you know, for some people they don't like that, but um, the whole, I think, the whole idea is just to make it what you want it to be, which, um, you know, like I said, for some people that's what they want, for some it's not. And since those days, I've... Um, I've tried quite a few distributions. Uh, I tend, it really depends on what my needs are, but usually it'll either be uh, Slackware or 
uh, some Debian variant. I actually uh, I used Linux Mint for a little while, and then I came across a um, I came across a distribution that just I absolutely loved. It was called Crunchbang, and uh, Crunchbang was that happy medium between you know something like Ubuntu and something like Slackware. It, it was pre-configured, which meant installing it went pretty quick, but it was it was kind of designed with that same sort of idea in mind. You know, just here it is, make it, it it's kind of plain Jane, make it what you want it to be. And I really loved that, and I used it for quite a while, and, and then um, I decided I would start using the forums. I'm not a real social person. I don't do a lot of the, uh, the forums and social media stuff. Um, but uh, about the time I decided to create an account on the Crunchbang forums, probably a week or two went by, and then Core Nominal, the lead developer, said, no, nah, I'm done with this, and it ended. So there are a couple of projects that have kind of come up to sort of take the place. There's The community has picked up where Core Nominal left off, I guess, and has um, created a distribution called Bunsen Labs, and another guy, and I forget his name, I'm sorry, uh, created Crunchbang Plus Plus, which it's my understanding there's a little bit of a stink about because of the name, but uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, but that was a really nice. I actually, um, I only after discovered Linux Mint, I only used it for a little while um, when I came across Crunchbang. That's pretty much the thing I'll use on most of my machines if I'm going to run Linux. Um, are well now it's uh, I, I've got a Bunsen Labs disk and I, I'm not sure if I have a Crunchbang Plus Plus I haven't tried that yet so I don't really know I can't say for sure which one I like better or I'm sure they both have their pros and cons I don't I don't know um, but uh, but still it's the uh, the aesthetic the 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 idea, the concept that, that drove Crunchbang, that I think made it great. Um, so really, I guess for me right now, it's it's sort of a toss-up between you know good old Slackware and, and something like Crunchbang. Um, I did for a while also try OpenBSD, and I actually kind of like OpenBSD. Um, it it's kind of hit and miss on some of my hardware. I have some really I don't know, um, I guess funky, some of it's just cheapo hardware and some of it's not that bad, but for the most part everything works. Nowadays, um, I, d I don't have as much time to, to put into getting my machine the way I want it, so having something that's Debian based makes it a little bit easier. Uh, just to get up and running, not easier necessarily, just a little bit faster. Um, right now I'm working full-time, and I'm going to school full-time, and plus I've got a family and everything. So I, I don't don't have a lot of time to invest in, in getting my machine set up and uh, just tinkering with stuff like I want to usually. And sometimes I just need to get it up and running so I can do X, Y, or Z. And, um, and that's pretty much it. That, that pretty much brings us to today. Um, well, that's about it for me. Hopefully, uh, my rambling didn't bore you too bad, and maybe next time I'll have something a little more productive to say.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.